<laughs> See, I'm I'm confused, Tom, because as you just rightly pointed out several seconds ago, it is Halloween this week. Mm. Oh well, come in this week. Even though they've already taken the decorations down in the street, it is Halloween this week. Um, also, there was a Western game just being released, and that's also the noise I associate with cowboys when they go, whoa, with a horse. So I'm not sure if you're a I, ghoul or a cowboy. I just thought it sounded like a very aroused ghost. <laughs> okay, well, let's get into that baggage. It's Tom and Matt Attack. <laughs> aroused you know, like ghost? Ooh, ooh, oh, you mean like spiritually aroused, not no, like... No, I, I mean, you know... You mean Ghostbusters kind of <laughs> spiritual ghost. Oh, yeah, that's a bit naughty, isn't it? It is. On doing uh, Ray's uh, yeah, belt. Yeah, uh, trousers. Yeah, it's a saucy ghost. It is, saucy uh, ghost. But no saucy ghosts in Red Dead so no, far. They haven't released so their Undead uh, Nightmare oh, DLC man, yet. Oh, man, I hope they do that again. <laughs> that was so good. So Red Dead is the the big game really this week, and Matt Boyle purchased it. I and did. I was privileged to sit there with him for a good couple of hours and uh, watch the beginning of the game. Yes. What were your feelings, Matthew? Um. Right then. So obviously, it starts in snow. Um. It, it is about essentially uh, Dutch's gang. Uh. From the previous game, who uh, John Marston had run-ins with. He is a member of that gang. He is in this game. I don't know if that's a spoiler, but I assume as it's Dutch, people who play the first one will know that. Um. So he, you, you go out. You play as a character actually called Arthur this time. Uh, he was a member of Dutch's gang, and. As you name, start, is it for a cowboy? Yeah. After the cowboy. But I mean, that's the the thing, you know. Cowboys weren't these like mythical figures. Cowboys, by that generation standard, were just people. Like mm-hmm. uh, these guys are like outlaws. They're part of a gang and they're roaming the the West because the West is untamed, unlike the East, which is where America was founded. A bit of American history for you there. And so they are moving slightly east and towards civilization, and some of the people in Dutch's gang don't necessarily like that. Mm. It's alluded to at the start of the game that there's something happened in a town called Blackwater, which is... Anytime anyone says anything like Blackwater, I think of D&D. Admittedly, also the pirates of Darkwater as well. (laughs) But... Yeah, there's there's lots of... These are the cowboys of uh, Blackwater. Yes, these are the cowboys <laughs> of Blackwater. <laughs> do, 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 do. Is that Peter Pan of the Pirates? Or is that I, I don't know what water? that is. I, I don't... Re- oh, dear. Yep, sorry, that probably I, I, doesn't I, sound I, very nice. I don't recognise that. That's a theme song from somewhere. Uh, I think that's Peter Pan and the Pirates, though. It's quite reminiscent of Hateful Eight, to be honest. Yes, very. I got a feeling of that movie uh, when the game began, in the snow. I think it yeah. may just be the fact it starts in a blizzard, pretty much. I mean, and, this... and then you go inside a little shack. Yes, and you're in a, a group of, of yeah, characters. You so. are your Dutch's gang does not just consist of these outlaws. There's also a few women in the troop. Um, John Marshton's wife and child, who I've forgotten the names of, who obviously That's people okay, who played the me. other games will <laughs> know their names anyway, so it's fine. Um, they are there also, and. 
there's some other people like there's a cook and stuff these are it's you get this real family feel to this you game. do and and i think the game benefits from its slow start really. yes which it does have you know it, it does sort of build up we're building up to the fact we're going to enter civilization yes. soon but you don't do that uh within the first couple of hours of the game you do however uh, get to do a train robbery which is you where the, the pace of the game picks up a little but uh as i say on the whole it's uh it seems like a a slow-paced game, but I think that gives it an air of sophistication. Yeah, well, I mean, as um, we were talking about this game yesterday morning on our way to a flea market, which we'll get into in a bit, uh, with a good friend, Chris, who drives us, and he, like me, is a huge Western fan. Mm. And I was telling him, actually, that the soundtrack is a great piece of this, and yeah. it reminds me of Morricone work yeah. on those stand out one of, one of the many standout elements. Yeah. Uh, it does arouse those feelings. Arouse again. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> of, um, yeah, of, of those classic Western films. It's a very high-quality uh, production. And that's Great emotive pieces in there. Yeah, yeah, but that's why I think the pace is the way it is. Mm. Like, The Good and the Bad and the Ugly is probably one of my favourite films, as is One Upon Once Upon a Time in the West. And these are, like, three-hour-long films. They're not... Mm. They're not fast-paced by any means. Yes, like, shit happens. Like, uh, the man with no name, Clint Eastwood's character, does get into stuff and does other things. The same with uh, Harmonica in uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. Like, you know, these characters are men of action and stuff mm. does happen to them, but a lot of those films, especially the start of Once Upon a Time, is... Mm. It builds for, like, seven minutes, mm. and then oh, it's I know. over in an yeah, instant. Yeah. It they're beautifully made films and pacing is very important to them. The very interesting thing here for me is as much as I absolutely love Westerns, I thought it was a very slow start to mm. a game. And it's not necessarily perhaps what I was expecting. I, I From my, my memories of the old Red Dead and you were like, oh, I don't know. I feel quite similar to the old Red Dead. I think in two hours or two and a half hours, maybe mm, this is what the so. first chapter took me to beat. I think I got a lot more done. I think I'd been introduced to a lot more characters. I think I'd gone around. And yes, perhaps I didn't have the same uh, kind of affiliation to the ranch hand and yeah. stuff like you do in Red Dead. But it I delivers to you a, a tutorial in those first few hours. Yes, I yes, think. it does. And it does it in a really nice way because some games just kind of stick their tutorial at the beginning and they overload you with things. Whereas yes. this game is telling a story and occasionally introducing gameplay elements stuff, yeah. uh, to you. Uh, and it's quite easy to for it to soak in like that, I feel. I'm very curious to see because as we were walking around all these environments in the snow and they make a point of like, hey, you're going to go over this area and then we're going to be closer to the east, which is warmer climate mm. and there's not as much snow. Mm. And you're starting to get into those familiar uh -huh. western areas. Yeah, it's very clever the way it does that. It's yeah. kind of, it covers it stretches a blanket over the game, really, the literal blanket yeah. of snow. So you can't actually see a lot of the detail that are in these worlds. And there's a wonderful moment where you start getting towards a warmer climate and yeah. the snow is melting. And then you see the little rabbits running around yes. and uh, the sun coming out. And this is all while you're uh, in the stage wagon. So the, yeah. what would you call it? Yeah, is that the right word? Yeah, it's no, a stagecoach. Stage, yeah. It's a wagon. So you're traveling through this and not a lot happening, but you're like, whoa, it does give you a moment to take it all in. And it doesn't give you that straight away. It's just sort of giving you little bits yes. very slowly. And I mean, even like atmospherically, uh, it, yeah. it builds and it builds and you have these very like Morricone like ding, 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 ding mm. noises that are slowly just repeating and building as you go mm -hmm. 
and then you get into like it's like right okay cool we've got all we need we've done this train job yeah. we're going to go into the main bit of the game now yeah and that arrives with such a reverence of yeah. it, it it's just musically it doesn't do anything in terms of like big story beats but it's such a wonderful moment when you you start going on this trail and like the music starting to build mm. and then it goes into the full like oh it's a choral thing going on you just know then that this game's going to be something uh, pretty special. Yes. Not to say there isn't some. There are some fast-paced bits near the beginning. There was the wolves, the, the chase with the wolves in yeah. the snow. There, there were a couple of shootouts near the beginning. So the the start of the game is not devoid of action. No, there, it isn't. There, there is action in there. It's just delivered in a slow way. Yeah, but kind of a, like yeah. I said on that once upon a time yeah. kind of way, they they bring you in they have a very slow moment and then those moments of action aren't drawn out that much no. they're very quick and they happen very instantly the train robbery is a bit of a you know like that's like okay this feels like i'm playing a video game mm. whereas the rest of it just trying to emulate like cinema for me mm. yeah it's a very cinematic game there's a lot of things to emphasize uh, yeah. c- cinematics um yeah that's the graphics you know uh Quite stunning. This is we were just playing this on a regular uh, PS4. Yeah, uh, no bells and whistles, but still, uh, it, they did impress for sure. I mean, yeah. it, it, you know, the attention like it, to detail is—it's a rock star game. Yeah, man. I can't, yeah. to be honest with you, I kind of take it for granted now that they're going to push stuff forward in terms of visuals. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I guess that's kind of been exposed, perhaps. Yeah, by... you expect it. It's not like, oh my gosh, they've made this such a good-looking game. It's like it's a Rockstar game. There's a certain bar yeah. that they've they've got a hit, uh, but they see they're reaching above the bar. I think. Yeah, but uh, I, I can... mean, you know, you get that with the the yin and the yang of like, yeah. wow, this looks amazing. But then you also have you read any of the stuff about going around about Rockstar at the moment? Uh, about their labour practices and like how people have been working like hundred hour I, weeks. I heard there's for years. hints within the game of people, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> making a point of uh, maybe in some little notes hidden away that we've been here till two a.m. in the morning working on this game and yeah, uh, yeah, they're in there. I think these little Easter eggs. So um, yeah, and it, you know, like we we've uh, we've worked. I mean, everyone works hard. Like I think. I heard it best on I was in Giant Bomb and they were kind of talking about them setting up an independent game website and the hours they would work to do that mm. and as they kind of rightly said the the concept of work in the modern day you know of like coming in at 9 leaving at 5 is essentially in a broken process now because people reply to emails people do stuff out of work people stay late it, it's an interesting thing but for me with games there's no unions either and that seems like mm. a bad thing and they, there seems to be a lot of suppression around that it's Anyways, huge there's a lot of extra stuff there on is. top of the game that doesn't necessarily need to be there but uh, it is there you know the little details like uh, the uh, I'm thinking when you've got the horses and you've got the yeah. pissy snow around the horses yes. and things like that the, the idea of you know being drop, dropping your hat and yeah. things like this and going back for it and all these things that make it more realistic yeah. experience uh, yeah they didn't necessarily need to be there, but the game, I think, is all the better for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then it's, well, uh, well yeah. was your time well spent being here and being the yes. expert on the horse balls? I think uh, Rockstar it, can be very proud. Of course, they can be very proud of oh, it. For sure. I don't need to say that, but uh, yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I, I won't get into the labour dispute stuff. I, to be honest with you, 
I've read the articles, but I don't know enough about labor laws in the States or anywhere else. I have a few friends who've worked at Rockstar over the ages, and I haven't reached out to check with any of them if this is true or not. But it seems relatively widespread from Mm. looking at the news on the internet about how this thing was handled, and perhaps Rockstar haven't been handling how their response to that the best. But let's see. You know it's a big game that comes on two Blu-rays. Yes. You've got an installed disc, haven't you? you And then a game... I disc. never thought I would see the day <laughs> where I needed two Blu-ray discs in a game. <laughs> Honestly, like after the the later generation of the the PlayStation Three and Xbox in particular, because those weren't on Red Blu-ray. Dead was on two discs. Wasn't Red it? Dead was on two discs on the I mean, Xbox. Yes, uh, but, but it was one on Blu-ray the, on, on the, the PS3. Yeah. yeah, on the PS3. Sorry. Yeah, yeah it's. I thought that day was done, like, Lost Odyssey being four discs, and, you know, it kind of harkens back to early Super... Yeah, you never thought you'd never ever need more than one Blu-ray. Yeah. But... You know, those games coming off the Super Nintendo, just your first ones, like Final Fantasy VII and stuff, where it was like... But then again, that kind of... The cost of memory was always reflected in the game, because RPGs used to be a lot more expensive, because they needed more cartridge space mm. and stuff. Oh, I dread to think how much it cost to make Red Dead. <laughs> don't even think about it. I hope it's selling well. I think it's selling well. There's obviously all, there's all the buzz I, on the internet. I right went now. to El Giganten here in Denmark because they were the the cheapest to have it. This is not a plug for El Giganten, obviously. Um, I went there because they had a an offer. They were selling it actually cheaper than the UK from the looks of things for about forty four pound. And I went there, and even behind the checkout was like a pallet of copies of red dead and then there was loads of them with like pre-order things on the top mm-hmm. and so i asked the woman and i said oh god i said you've been selling quite a few of these today she said mm. we literally had three pallets at the start of the day she said this is just what we have left yeah was, okay so it is selling well so i think so i i mean it's a rockstar game with that comes certain yeah. expectations of quality and then people buy it yeah it, even I if they saw, aren't necessarily interesting cowboys i saw that the, the west. Ha- <laughs> i saw that the houses are apparently like were predicted to get like five hundred eighty-six million dollars in royalties for this game. Who's that? The houses. They are the people who own uh, Rockstar. The people oh. who started that studio in Scotland. Scottish oh, brothers. DMA Design, wasn't it? Uh, yes. Yeah. But they are the people who have founded it as okay. Rockstar. Yeah. Like they are the the people who are working on those old games like Space Station, Silicon Valley, and all that jazz. Lemmings. Lemmings. Yeah. yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. Uh, Yes, yeah, so how do you feel about it now, having played the beginning? You've already said you felt it was quite a slow start. I do feel it's it? quite a slow start. I mean... But is that necessarily a bad thing? Because as I said, hmm. I think it, it, it gives the game a feeling of sophistication. It doesn't have to shout at you. It does. You know, it doesn't have to shout and say, well, look at me, I'm amazing. Oh, it's just it... like, we're here to tell a story. Yeah. We're doing this quite clever thing of giving stuff, to spoon-feeding you stuff, so it will build... And eventually you're going to end up in some sort of civilization yeah. with lots of characters running around towns and I'm such. I'm sure, and, yeah. Uh, then I think, yeah, you'll have even more to say about yes. it. Yeah. But it, like, as it stands at the moment, like, I have to compare this to what is probably my favorite game of the last 10 years, if mm. not beyond that. And it's the start of Nier Automata. Mm. That game has such a rig incredible intro mm. the way that game starts and how it just throws you in and you you go around and it like introduces the gameplay mechanics and all feels very tight and all feels very good mm. and then you get that boss 
the way that game starts and brings yeah. you in and then like yeah. wallops you and goes, now's there's the real game. I think I was kind of expecting a bit of that. Yeah. And I didn't get that. Yeah, 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 totally. It's not what you expect. Uh, I was actually thinking whether you were riding a horse in these wonderful uh, detailed environments, it reminded me of Metal Gear 5. Yes. And that has quite a different opening. Yes. A very, very uh, big opening yeah. to the game, which is something Red there doesn't have. So I guess it's kind of brave of them in some respects yeah. that they didn't just do that. Yeah. But at the same time, I now I have no idea really of where the story is going to go tonally. But I, I'm really interested to find yeah, out where it too. does go because I actually like these characters already. Yes, like I feel invested in it. I wasn't playing the game, just watching it, but I do feel like I really want to know what happens next. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You gonna I, buy it? You think? No, because I'm just gonna go and play Red Dead One. That's, That's what I'm gonna fair. do because uh, I've played some of that game. Uh, but definitely I haven't completed it by a long way. So I will go back and I will play that now uh, after after this experience. I will probably go back and play that after this if mm. I'm not already deaded out because mm. that is my my, my only long concern. Game. You've heard how is long I've this game is. I've heard this game is about 60 hours. Yeah, that's the story. Story without, without extras, going off without doing all and, of the extra, yeah. like collecting and all the other stuff that I'm sure is there from the first game. Mm. 60 hours like linear progression mm. i'm kind of daunted by that like i haven't yeah. uh, as listeners of this podcast can hear like i haven't really played that many games this year and i felt that i've had a lot more free time to do stuff but not as much time as i wanted anyway mm-hmm. and so the idea of a 60 hour game now whereas last year like i beat a couple of hundred hour games mm. but for some reason to me now like a year after like doing that the the idea of a sixty hour game seems really daunting to me. We'll yeah. see. I'm also moving. There's also Christmas coming up. It might just be a game that I settle in over Christmas yeah. and just get into it. But let's see. Yeah, it's longer than Spider Man and and definitely longer than something like Tomb Raider. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, like we we were looking up the the times. And I mean, I I haven't bought Horizon Zero Dawn despite yes. everyone telling me how great a game that is. Because that's like 30 hours, and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to spend 30 Spider-Man hours. I think Spider-Man something like, what, what was Spider-Man? Upwards 16, of, it said. Just 16? Yeah, I 16 it was a little 20 bit odd. 25 or no, something. No, the average on uh, how long to beat was 16 and a half hours. Okay. But let's that, see. That, for me, is more than enough. Yeah, me too. I, know, I, for, I for, to for one experience, because unless it's got a really good story, yeah. you're going to get a bit tired of it, like I did with Tomb Raider. And that game's only like, what was it? Like 30? 11 now. <laughs> yeah, but bear in mind, you play that game over like four years. Still, I got I got tired of I it. I beat that all. game, but admittedly, I got tired of it towards the end. But I pretty mm. much, I, I went through it as you should experience that game, I think. I don't <laughs> think it's meant to be played in like... I, I, to be fair, I did restart that game yeah, during I, that period. I, I know you way. did, but yeah. still. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's the last long thing I ever completed. And that's so the idea of me completing something like Red Dead is just... Oof pretty far out long right now. I, i'm i'm throwing inverted commas 11 hours of game tom parry but these this day and yeah, age but is I standard don't play games like that no usually oh well there you go yeah red dead it gets a big uh, thumbs up uh it we're in, very interested to see where it's going to go don't expect uh, a lot of explosions over <laughs> the beginning no <laughs> i mean who's to say that isn't coming who's to say there aren't gonna mm. They aren't just like showing their hand and going like, oh, look, it's all very calm and it's all, oh, shit, everything's on fire. Yeah, yeah. Because that could happen. Yeah. But let's see. Sorry we haven't completed it yet. 
No, exactly. Uh, I'm sure there's a million people out there who already have, but... Well, there's those who've reviewed it who've had it for a while. Yeah, but I I hear also, like, the review practices were very shady with that game. I I hear people weren't really given enough time necessarily to play it Mm. and to get that depth out of it. I think it's a game that, you know, you shouldn't just binge on. No, I think it's a game you can just uh, play for a couple of hours a week or or more. That's what I'd probably do. I, w- I really, I'm kind of on the fence because I really want to beat Koami because I'm almost at the end of that We're game. talking about Yakuza here, yeah. by the way. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah. um, but at the same time, it's just like, oh, I really am curious to see. There's games out as well, as we've mentioned, Spider-Man. Also, uh, Fist of the North Star, Lost Paradise. is yep. another big adventure-type game that you might be interested in playing. So there's plenty. They're so calibre as well. Yeah. But that's not that kind of game, and that's Something why I'm... Something <laughs> else came out on Friday, and I cannot think what it was. There were other games released on the same day as Red Dead, and I was like, oh boy. Yeah, I can't recall what they were. It was Soul Calibur the week before, or was Soul it? Soul Calibur was the week before, yes. Yes. I'm just going to check That's Amazon. correct. Um, games Big, big releases. The fact that we don't know... October. <laughs> no, because I thought Dreams was out for some reason. I thought Dreams is the that one from. Yeah, I think that's just I got don't know. some sort of um, release yeah, date. No release date. Confirmed, uh, every game confirmed for 2018. Right. There's no Team Sonic Racing now. That was going to come no, out before that, the end of the that year. That was pushed back. That's when I was looking at getting. But. March. Let me scroll down this article. Sorry for the listening audience at all. You probably already know at home what's You probably uh, do. You're probably yelling at me like an idiot. Um, Right. So Assassin's Creed came out. Oh, yeah. We Um, we haven't... I have... I've I've talked to a friend of mine who works for Ubisoft and I've hinted slightly like, hey, I'd I'd like to to play Assassin's Creed. But she hasn't caught on. Yeah, we have a podcast. Yeah. We can talk about we we can give you the red dead treatment uh, for Assassin's Creed. Exactly, we can talk about it in fifteen minutes. <laughs> right then, so where are we? Uh, Valkyria Chronicles came out for Switch as well last week. I was meaning to check that out. I quite like the game on the PS4. Mm. Right then, uh, so on the God Spider Man released its DLC this week. That yes. seems like a weird uh, time to put it's out got DLC. Black Cat in it. I yes, think, it does. Ah, right. Fallout's beta started. Uh, oh. Then you have... It was 26th, right? Yeah. I think, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it was. Right, Red Dead Redemption. Nero came out on the Switch. Uh, the Castlevania remaster of Symphony of the Night and Rondo. Oh, well, that's Blood. out. I didn't but I, I hear that's not a very good port, actually. Really? It's the PSP version, and so there's weird things with the translation where they've taken all the fun, kooky dialogue out, but the oh, translation's still because not Because those games sat together on the PSP, didn't they? They did, yeah. Yeah, but you had to unlock Symphony Night, if yes. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's the PSP game. Yeah, so I've does... got that already. It doesn't actually seem like there was that much release, because I thought... I think probably, because Red Dead was coming out, they I think have to be a little bit careful. I think everyone got the fuck out of the way of that. Yeah. Uh, I, because I... people are going to get so much money. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> You've got to remember this. So they can't buy all these brand new games. When's the Tetris effect out? You know, I think it's out in November, but I'm not sure if it's got a release date yet. I keep looking every now and again. I'm I'm pretty sure it has. Um, Ninte- uh, there's some stuff coming out for the Switch in November as well. Like, I mean, uh, the Pokemon games are coming out. Oh, Smash. Smash is coming out in December. Hitman's coming out. Battlefield's coming out. I thought Smash out. was November. Uh, maybe. Oh, Tetris Effect is 9th of November. Yeah. So only, okay. a, only a week or so to wait for wow. that. That'd yeah. be good. Uh, get the VR first. So. Valiant Hearts coming out for the Switch. 
yeah, there's a lot of stuff coming out. That new Monster Boy game as well, The Cursed Kingdom, is out on the 6th of November. So that'll be good. Mm. There's, a, there's a new Leisure Suit Larry game coming out. How very interesting. That out. It did, yeah. It's almost as if uh, they just put that out to die, maybe. Um, or we're just not in those circles of the internet that are talking about Leisure Suit Larry and rubbing their uh, trousers. I think if you were a, you know, a fan of it originally, then I you'd quite like the Leisure Suit yeah. Larry game. I've never played one, so I can't really... Um... They don't hold up very well, is all I no. will say. They're a bit naughty. They're not too bad, though, no, are they, by but today's they're, standards? They're kind of... They're, yeah, by Politically today's incorrect. They're just in a this bit, climate. You know, they're, they're anyway. a bit um, carry-on. Yeah, sure. Very much in that Porky's like, carry-on vibe of like, oh, ho, 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 ho. Well, there's room for that as well. I mean, you know, like I've no problem with a game being horny for the, if that's <laughs> what it wants to be, you know? It's just, mm. yeah. As long as it isn't embarrassingly so that it feels a bit cringy to play, I no, suppose. Yeah. I'm not going to yuck anyone's yum. People can play what they oh, want. I like to play. that expression. It's fine. Yuck people's yum. Yeah. I've never heard that one. No, it's a, it's a good one. I can't remember. I got that from someone. Like uh, that. Anyways, doesn't matter. Um, yeah, but also Karma, Katamari Damasi Reroll. Oh, Reroll. coming out. Oh, Earth Defense Force 5 is also coming out on that same day. That's going to be a good weekend. Anyways, what else have you been playing, Tom Parry? Okay. Scalfred Dead. Yeah. So, uh, I downloaded on the Wii U Super Mario Brothers. Advance 3, is it? Yes. Or 4? I don't know. Super Mario Brothers Advance 4, Super Mario 3. Because there is... <laughs> yeah, I know. Advance 3 was Yoshi's Island. Yes, and Advance and 2, 2 was World. Was World. Advance 1, 1 was, was 2. 2. Yeah. Oh, gee. So I downloaded this because I heard about uh, the uh, extra levels which were only available within the Game Boy Advance version. Yeah. And so I was curious enough to download it. And I found actually there was more to this than I actually first thought. There's, you can save anywhere. Uh, there's even voice samples of Mario speaking. Yeah. Uh, say when he gets loses a life or starts a level, you know. Yeah. And I thought these were nice little additions mm-hmm. uh, to include. Mario Three is, I think, one of the one of the best uh, Mario titles still. Even it does have his frustrating moments. Controversial opinion there, Tom Parry. Mario 3 is I'm being better sarcastic. Than... Oh, right, yeah, yeah, okay, sorry. Thank you for pointing that out, Matthew. Uh, yeah, Mario 3 is one of the <laughs> Mario games. <laughs> and this is probably the best version of it, I'd have to say. I think From so, my, yeah. my I time, I played most complete uh, full version. It's got, obviously got the uh, graphics from the Le Mario All Stars. Yeah. Um, Actually, I think you. I think the sprites are slightly redone. Are they? I think so. Hmm. I could be wrong on that, but I seem to remember something around that work of them being slightly tweaked. It doesn't matter. Okay, so yeah. if you haven't already got Mario Three or you're interested in playing it again, you might want to consider trying out that particular version, yes. which is available to buy on the uh, Game Boy Advance, or you can download it on the Wii U, as I did. Yes, and it's reasonably affordable to do that. I played Splatoon again for the first time in ages. Yes. This is on the Wii U. Yeah, where you can play it online free. Yeah, <laughs> and there's still plenty of people playing it yep. online. I found a lot of people were of a lower level, so I imagine all those who are really into Splatoon have moved on to 2 and the high-ranking players are playing it on that. Yeah. But uh, this means it's maybe more accessible to those, well, for me who haven't yeah. played Splatoon for ages. And I still love the style of the game. I still feel there's not really much strategy to the gameplay because... When you're playing with people you don't know, it does feel like you're every man for themselves, kind of. You're going off, spraying your ink all around. And I got into it the more I played it. 
Yeah. It's, it's a game that, yeah, it took me a while to get back into the feel of it. But I was like, oh, just another match. Just another match. Because they're quick. Yes. You know, and uh, but it always feels like a bit of a gamble at the end. Oh, did we win? Fingers crossed. Oh, we won. Oh, How yay. about that? I, I, yeah. did, I, I, I wouldn't have known. <laughs> I, I love Splatoon, man. Like, I... It was actually uh, Chris, the guy we were talking about, I previously mentioned about the Westerns in the car. Uh, he had he had just come back from London last week. Apparently, there's a very good um, video game exhibition on yeah. in the Victorian Albert Museum in London. So if you're around that area, go give that a look. I will hopefully do the same over Christmas at some point when I'm back. But he said that he he was like oh he goes there was a game there he goes i was uh, really intrigued eye, by the it? style he said yeah. i really want to get the art book for it and i said oh what's that he goes oh you probably know it's called splatoon and i i gushed about splatoon it splatoon is so unique him. i love that game so much i i bought the amiibos even though i'd sworn off amiibos oh, there's just so many more amiibos I now know, though isn't there you want to get all those splatoon amiibos and i've just not done have it have you seen those figma figures for yes splatoon? yes i have yeah <laughs> I I I've put them on my Christmas list. Said said to the wife, I was like, hey, if you want to get me some more plastic tat, uh, mm. these would be good. I almost bought the guns. They had them here in Furtex. Uh, oh, yeah. the ones that shot the the ink. And before we went not to not water. No, uh, which is a bit the reason why I didn't get it actually, because I was like, I don't want to like paint. Like I know that's the the game, but that's, that's not what messy. I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I imagine that's probably why they won't sell that well, which is a shame because they looked very nice. They looked to be relatively yeah, wow. sound construction. Mm. I I was going to buy one because up until we went to a Halloween party last night, we should preface this. You were going to well. go as an inkling. I wanted to go as an inkling, yeah. And then everyone started doing Marvel stuff, and I was like, "Oh, well, actually, this is a lot less effort." For the record, I went as Stanley. There's a picture on Twitter. I went as generic pirate. You did because, well, I mean, in all fairness, you moved here like what three weeks before the Halloween party That's again. A, yes, and you know, and everyone else has gone full out. You know, not having all my uh, crafting tools yeah. with me and such. If you want to check out some incredibly good Halloween costume slash cosplay. Check out my uh, Twitter at Gameboil. I'll post some pictures up of me with some folks dressed as Avengers. Uh, people went above and beyond. Yeah. So. But maybe next year you're going to dress up as uh, an inkling. Well, I don't know. I mean, like, I wanted to go as Captain Toad last year. Me and uh, me and, me and Marta were going to go as Captain Toad and Toadette. Oh, that's the fun. And idea. then uh, we weren't here for Halloween because we needed to go home to sort out wedding stuff. And then yeah. this year. She she went home again. Now it's Inkling Boy and Inkling Girl. And it would have been Inkling Boy and Inkling Girl because <laughs> she had long red hair. It would yeah, have made sense. Yeah. But never mind. So it goes. Okay. Uh, well, um, I'll hold you to that. Halloween regrets, Tom. <laughs> so that's actually all, all other than a game that I picked up at this flea market we went to the other mm-hmm. day. Maybe we should talk a little bit about that. Yeah, we should. Yeah. Um, so every year I've gone to a flea market here in Denmark called Stumper Market. It's a pretty great name, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, and that's just because it's like, it's meant to be a car show. It was originally a car market and they started selling car parts there and like you could buy old cars. Like we didn't go around the car bit, but next time if you're here and it's on, we should. Because the car bit is very nice. The car bit is old classic Mustangs and stuff like proper like muscle cars and hot rods oh. and stuff. As they, well as... Like, I just thought it was parts. I didn't know No, they no, no. They have actual cars there as well. I went there with my father-in-law, actually, and he loved it. He was yeah. he was telling me, like, oh, I used to work on these oh, and da-da-da-da-da. Uh, yeah, yeah. They also have, like, loads of things, like uh, old signage and 
they have um he, that's he was, very popular isn't it yeah and I'm, it was really stuff, cool yeah. they had a, a tuborg truck that i've long wanted but unfortunately i didn't ask the price because i knew it would be expensive because i saw the price on the other stuff on the not store. like a full-size truck no it's um <laughs> it was fine a, it, no, it's it's an advertisement thing. So essentially, what it is is it's uh, a wooden truck that here in Denmark they have ah, I Yule now. beer um, for those of you who are not in in the land of Danes. So every year, Tuborg, which is Carlsberg, puts out a Christmas beer. It's a big thing here. Like you mm. go to the shops, and the two things they'll have is advent calendars, and they will have Christmas beers from different breweries. But the the second of November is J Day. It's referred to every year. They put out this beer, and you can go out into the streets, and Tuborg gives everyone a free Christmas beer. It's like mm. a, hey, Christmas is coming thing. It's nice. I like it. It's a dark beer. Christmas beers tend to be stronger. And they have a truck. It's wooden, and it's, uh, I don't know, it's about 50 centimeters long, I'd say. It can fit six bottles of beer in the back mm. of it. And it was used in store displays, and I but see them every control. now and again. It isn't, no, because it's made of wood. Uh, but it's got this cute little man, and there's a very nice stop time animation that accompanies this, like hand-drawn stop time stuff that's really good. You should check that out. Hmm. But, yeah, I didn't get it. What I did get, though, Tom, some video games. Yes. Um, we went round. Uh, there are a few sellers that are at this market every year. I found, as time has gone by... Probably in one of the very early versions of this podcast when I really said, okay, I'm going to get all the Game Boy games. I went to this market and the guy literally had just two huge Tupperware things full of Game Boy games. Mm. And they were like 10 for 100 kroner. Mm-hmm. And so I bought I bought like 20 Game Boy games and I still kick it myself to this day for not buying the copy of Hammer and Harry they had because it was 10 kroner. But never mind, that's another story. And I I go to this guy every time, and he was the guy I bought um, Shrek the Third off, and you picked up a copy of a Japanese King uh, of Dragons. game, King of Dragons, mm. side-scrolling beat-em-up mm. of pretty good repute. Yeah. Plenty of Japanese games, actually, at these flea markets. Yeah. And um, Nintendo. It's it's most Nintendo stuff. Yes. Uh, I didn't realize this till I, uh, Matt told me, but uh, Denmark is a very Nintendo-centric country. Yes. Uh, Sega maybe didn't take off as, as big here as it did maybe in, in the UK, because I grew up with Sega. I yes. grew up with Math System. Uh, and a lot of my friends also Mega, Mega Drive owners. And yeah. Honest, so I wasn't, didn't have much exposure to Nintendo growing Europe up. Europe seems to be pretty divided from... I think the split was pretty relative in the UK even though I see a lot of people talk about like, oh, I don't get why everyone's so nostalgic for the NES. I don't know anyone with an NES. And it's like, I all of my mates had NES. Yeah, I, like... I mean, I say I didn't have any direct uh, exposure to it myself, but I, I do know uh, friends I have who had an yeah, NES yeah, yeah, growing up. I mean, it wasn't like totally crazy. No, NES, I know. But, and that's uh... the thing, to be honest with you, like none of my friends until the Mega Drive had Sega stuff. Like mm. I never played Master Systems until... Much later when... And Game Boys were pretty popular oh, in the Everyone UK. and their mum had a Game Boy yeah. in our street. We'd all play Pokemon. We'd all play, like, Super Mario. We'd literally, like... <laughs> we'd sit on the lawn outside my friend Christina's house, like, ten of us, and just play our own individual Game Boy games in, like, a circle of people. It was a thing. What, what Game Boy were you playing it on? I was playing it on DMG. Yeah. Uh, I remember she had a, a yellow Play It Loud, which, as you know, was the last one yeah. that I finally yeah. got. yeah. Um and yeah she she had like the accolade 
single release of Centipede that they would later put in an arcade double pack. And it was one of the last games I got. And I was like, shit, I didn't get that Game Boy and I didn't get Centipede. And I was like, yeah. should I write her and ask if she still got it? Yeah. I didn't. My friend Gareth had the, uh, I've mentioned it before, that Manchester United yeah, red yeah, one. Yeah. That was my first exposure to a Game Boy. I was borrowing that and playing uh, Mario Land 2. Yeah. Uh, good times. Good game. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the market. The market. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, as time has gone on, uh, there have been less and less games at this market. Mm. Um, there's a guy who's there, and I think his son is a, a notable NES collector within the, the the Scandinavian scene. But as you say, it's mainly Nintendo stuff because Denmark had a distribution center in Sweden, and I think the company's called Belgrave or Belgos or something mm. like that. And they are one of the biggest distributors of Nintendo stuff in the world. So from my understanding, Nintendo is big in Scandinavia because of this company. Sega had a very big presence in Spain, I think. So Spain and Portugal were mm-hmm, very mm-hmm, Sega-centric. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sega-centric sounds yeah, very good, doesn't it? It does. Uh, that should be the name of a shop. <laughs> um, but the, the truth is, I think... All of the different bits of uh, the the Europe, you'll get different things. Mario seems also like a character that would be big in Scandinavia. Yes, that's true. He, he seems appealing uh, based on the kind of characters which are uh, there's a lot of. Uh, I mean, everything's of kind of like squat proportions, squat, yeah, right? Yeah, like he's a cute little man, and... like little I don't know, like little dwarf man. Yes. <laughs> no, he's not. He's just he's just small because of the sprite work. But yeah, but I, I, I'm talking about yeah the, those sort of characters which are so popular with yeah, like Nordic countries and, Nissa yes. and all the rest yes. of the stuff. Nissa, yes. Nissa for those at home are essentially the version of Elf on the shelf you've been buying. Scandinavians have been doing that for about a hundred years. Yeah. Um. So I walked around. Uh, I we bought some stuff from that guy. His son, like I said, is an NES collector. You you showed me some. They had some nice Jap- uh, American US uh, NES games like Dragon Warrior and mm. Life Force, which I didn't actually pick up. Was that was they all American? Uh, yeah, or? they were all American, which is why I didn't get it. Because even though my NES is modded to play yes, US I games was, with yes. that, you know they've they've taken out the tab or whatever you needed to do. My US the US games especially for some reason on my temperamental NES are very temperamental mm. I've been meaning to buy a top loader for ages I just haven't got around to it because yeah. then I can play anything luckily but... I realised that I can play these uh, American uh, NES games because I got a copy of Monster Party yeah well, maybe mention it on the podcast yeah you have but I got that adapter overnight yes, for NES do. games and once I plug it into my uh, NTSC Super Nintendo then you can play I can them. play them yes. on there so That's I could have played some of those games but I didn't pick up any NES games I only bought um, Super Nintendo games yeah oh I'm... and and the game I've been playing which was a Game Boy Advance game but yes. uh, so I picked up uh, what was it called uh, it's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles double pack well that one I was, yeah. I was thinking about the, the Nintendo games there was, there was the King of Dragons and there was Donkey Kong uh, 3 Three that yeah. I decided to get which I thought was quite reasonably priced for Donkey Kong they're both Japanese how much did you pay for Donkey Kong 65 oh that's not bad yeah Donkey Kong 3 yeah uh, mm. I picked up off the same seller he had a black Game Boy Pocket and I was deliberating with myself the entire time because the black one is more uncommon in my experience than a lot of the other colours because it came out later. It's pretty cool, especially with that red writing on there yes. to start and select. It's yes. Like, like the uh, DMG, DMG, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. And so I was like, oh, should I get this? Should I not get it? Because he was asking 250 for it originally. And I, I got it for 200 and I was like, well, I could probably sell this game at 
the same price to someone if this if worst came to worst. And it turns out I didn't have it, so I'm glad I I did pick yeah, it up. Yeah, he also had like boxed NES console. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the Famicom, Super Famicom he as did, well. Yeah. There are all sorts of stuff uh, all over the place, wasn't yes. there? It's like that guy's there every year though. I yeah. I bought a lot of GI Joe stuff off him last time mm. actually for mm. my my friend Tom in the UK. Um, but a lot of these stalls now, as time has gone on seem to be these professionals who are on almost like the flea marketing circuit, if you will. Like, I see some here in Vila, I see some all about the place, and I, I'd i said to you that the guy you bought um, King of Dragons off of, mm. I'd already checked all of his games last week, yes, almost, yeah. like all the week before. He did before. have quite a lot of uh, Game Boy stuff, didn't he? Yeah. He does, yeah, and to be honest with you, I've bought some absolutely cracking stuff over mm. him over the and years. playing bootlegs as well oh yeah, yeah absolutely and like some of his the weird thing is like he's got bootlegs of he's got games that he perceives to be of a higher value to the side and they're individually priced whereas all the rest of them are like three for a hundred kroner or something which mm. is not cheap no. for like the kind of games he has in that box no and they, 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 this box of games, as with a lot of these, have been around. Yeah. You can tell they've had these for quite a long time. They've been transported yes. and got a little bit grubby over yeah, time. Yeah. And it's what you expect, I think, from yes. uh, an event like this. Yeah. yeah. But he, the games in that box were, you know, they're, they're things like Shrek. They're things like the SpongeBob games, which, you know, aren't bad games, but they're not... They're not the, the the titles you're going to look at and go, oh my god, I've got you this. You don't necessarily know if they're good or not, do no. you, with licensed titles? You could assume they won't be so good, but actually, more often than not, you find that they're actually rather good. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, in my experience, I've picked up some great games off him, though. I picked up um, uh, Motor Racer GP, which is quite a rare mm. game for the Game Boy Advance. I picked up uh, Buster's Bad Dreams, which is the treasure developed um, Tiny Teams game. I got. Oh, I've forgotten the name of that, like uh, the top-down racing game that you, Gears Advance, or whatever mm, it was called, yeah, that you were really into, one. which is pretty rare and pretty sought after off him. Yeah. And, you know, like every now and again I walk over there, I got Fire Emblem from him, actually. It weirdly wasn't in the the bagged, like, priced games, like Tetris. But yeah, it <laughs> makes me laugh, because some of those games are clearly bootlegs, and then yeah. he's asking, like, 300 kroner for Sonic or whatever, just because it's there. He did have a lime green game by pocket last week, though, and it was. You don't have one. I of them? don't have a lime green game by pocket. It's the only one of the launch colours I don't. I would have, have. expected you have a lime green. I have green. a box. I don't have the bloody Game Boy. Um, and game I, Boy I, Color. Game Boy Color. Yeah. yeah. I see them all the time, mm. but usually when I see them, they're for some reason those ones, especially the lime green ones, seem to be priced over. Like I got the. There's a transparent purple Game Boy Color, mm. which is not part of the initial release, and it was only released in like Toys R Us across Europe. Mm. And I got one of those for like 50 kroner, and the guy had a lime green one. I said, oh, how much for the lime green one? For some reason, the lime green one was like 200 kroner. Desirable. I don't know why. I mean, it's cool. Like, clearly, it's eluding me all this is time. Lime green is a color people hold in high regard it, it would seems seem. that way yeah i mean you know we've talked about this before right get some lime green and purple pillows and then you're a, a so if the you had a, a lime green tv and a black tv yeah the lime green tv oh i'm sure rarer, it would not rarer oh yeah for sure it would be rarer but the game by color <laughs> the game by color is just it's a standard launch one it's one of the first five colors um yeah yeah 
But there we go. I, I still don't have one of those. I will eventually get one, I'm sure. But he had one a couple. He had one two weeks ago when I saw him, and it was 250 kroner. I was like, I'm not paying 250 kroner for it. If it's still here, because I tried to haggle him last time, I would have gone, hey, you didn't sell this last time. But I guess he did. Someone was insane enough to pay 250 kroner for it. You don't so pay 200. <sighs> like with that Game Boy Pocket. No, the, see, the Game Boy Pocket is rarer. The oh. Game Boy Pocket, uh, I knew was worth about that or more. Mm. Game Boy Color, like a launch regular edition of it, I don't want to pay more than 100 kroner for. Okay. Honestly, like 10 pounds. Well, you, you do know your stuff when it comes to Game Boys. A 10 is my limit for those five colors. Like if it was, I don't know, if it was a, like a limited edition SP or something, maybe I'd go over that. Maybe I'd go upwards mm. to 200. Okay. But like I said, this pocket is a pretty obscure thing in my experience. I so, think um, Claire recently got a the Mario Brothers Game Boy Pocket with the not pocket, sorry. Game Boy Advance SP yes. with the M yeah. on the top. 20 quid yeah. or something. It's a good show. Which was a good uh, yeah, bargain, yeah, I think. Sure. She uh, offered the, the guy 20 for it, I think. Let's get boxed as well. No, 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 no. Is it, is it in good neck? Yeah, I, reasonable, I, not perfect. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, no, like, no. that's the same with every no. SP. I was actually reading. Um, have you seen this? Um, there was a contest, actually. If you bought the limited edition version of um, Wind Waker, not Wind Waker, um, Minish Cap for the Game Boy Advance, uh-huh. they did, like, a bigger box set that was like, hey, you get the, the game as a physical cartridge in a box and you get the, the Zelda SP. It's like a bigger package version of it. And uh, with that, there would be a contest to win a gold-plated SP. <gasps> and apparently, Nintendo made 20 of these, and a lot of people have speculated, hey, this is a worldwide competition, no one's ever come forward with these. I was reading on Reddit, someone claimed to have owned one when they were a kid. Mm. They won it, and apparently the gold plating, oh. much like a drum-lacquered Lego element or anything like that, was only a coating. Yes. So over time, it has the literally flaked has off. Gone. So they probably don't exist anymore. It's probably not one of those sitting around anymore unless someone's literally put it in a shelf and never touched it again. Mm. Apparently, Fun fact. Yeah. They're also, they came, they were inboxed in the thing. So a lot of people have also speculated, mm. wouldn't it be funny as hell if... These people who've like put these things in a plastic coffin and gone like, oh, I've got a mint in box Game Boy. Mm. Uh, it's actually a gold one and it's probably worth a shitload of money, but they've right. never opened it, so they'll never know. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. So you said you got Shrek. I did, yeah. I got Shrek the Third. Mm. I picked up some other stuff as well. I picked up NBA Jam mm. 2002, which we just gave a quick spin uh, because... NBA Jam. Uh it's NBA Jam, <laughs> and uh, someone had asked me on Twitter, hey, is that any good? And I was like, well, I don't know, I haven't played two it Two on two? Yeah, mm. two on two version of NBA Jam, the sound effects and stuff are there. It seemed relatively fun. Yeah. I'm crap at basketball games, so mm. I'll give it a play, but it won't be a favourite of mine. I did pick up a game, though, that I I thought I'd already owned, and I'd been quite curious about, called Scourge. Um, again for the Game Boy Advance. Yeah, a game yeah. for the Game Boy Advance. Also, the people who did that Racing Gears game I was saying, the mm. top-down one, is from mm. this same development studio. I forgot what they're called. It's published by a company called South Peak, but they are not the people who developed mm. it. It also came out on the DS, and I hear the versions are quite interchangeable. They also did a game called uh, Juka, uh, which is a, like a third-person role-play oh. action-adventure game, okay. which is supposed to be very highly regarded. I actually bought it after this because um, I'd, I'd seen it for cheap on ebay and i've not seen it cheap for a long long time yeah paid about four quid for that um <laughs> the and it, yeah it's going for about 20 30 quid now so i was like okay four pound i'll buy that while i'm looking while i just happened to be on ebay because i was looking to see if they had more copies of scourge i saw this i was like oh great i'll get that 
Uh, but it seems to be quite a rare cartridge, actually, which I was quite surprised by. Because I, I've definitely seen this like mm. time and time again. And I've always assumed I've had it, so I've never picked it up. So I was mm. glad I actually was like, wait, actually, do I have this? And checked. Um, I also got Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. I love Pro Skater 2. I played that yeah. game to death back in the day. Yes. There was an offer, actually. You were probably working in game at the time, maybe. Okay. Or would that be before your time? When? when what game year were we advance. talking? Game Advance was something you could buy yes. brand new when I worked at Game. They World. had an offer on for some reason. Like if you bought a game from Game at one point, you could get like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater for like a quid or something. Oh wow! And so I, I don't I, remember that. I bought Circle of the Moon. Uh, it wasn't around launch. I bought it. No, it can't be. It must have been uh, how many of Dissonance? Yeah. Anyway, I bought a Castlevania game, and then they had this offer like, "Hey, you can get this Tony Hawk game for ninety nine pence." I was like, Fuck, "Yeah." And I actually played that to death, and I still got mm. that cartridge somewhere. Mm. Whereas I, I went through the rest of my games and sold off stuff. I actually kept that copy of Pro Skater 2 because it's a very fun, very playable game. Play Spider-Man in it as well. Mm. Like they got oh, the yeah. license, yeah. unlock stuff. Uh, other than that, I, I just picked up a few little bits. It was like a Tom and Jerry game and some some other bits not really worth mentioning on the podcast, yeah. to be honest. But. But the game I picked up was also Game Boy Advance, and we we mentioned it briefly, uh, Turtles 2-Pack. So this yes. is two Konami-developed, side-scrolling Turtles beat-em-ups. Yes, yeah. which I was very surprised you didn't know about. No, but uh, they're based off the... Uh, Teenage Mutant uh, Ninja Turtles. That animated one. <laughs> the one that was definitely after my time. Yes. Uh, but the game, I only played the first one on it. The, the first one's just called... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. There was one on the GameCube as well, on Xbox, yes. PS2. Uh, and the, the second one is a uh, Battle Nexus yes. game, the first Battle Nexus game, yes. I think, uh, Game Boy version of it. It's uh, really well done. Some beautiful sprite work, as, as you, you were telling me. And uh, yes, uh, I played it the, the other day. And uh, yeah, it's a game that looks great. It's, yeah. it's a little bland, I guess. I uh, mean, yeah, it is. In it's terms not of Turtles in game. time. But there's, you kind of do bits where you go through little... Uh, tunnels so you're crouching down as moving around uh, a bit more than you would in your average side scrolling beating up climbing yeah. ladders and, and such and there's a little sequence where you're driving uh, like a turtle boat down yeah. the sewer and you in this like first person mode shooting uh, enemies uh so actually i really did enjoy my time with it maybe a little bit more than the ubisoft uh, tm nt game which yeah. has a, a really good um People really like the game. People hold yes. that game in quite high regard because it looks nice. Yeah. But actually, the gameplay within this game, I thought was maybe a little bit more interesting. Yeah. Actually, TMNT for the, the Ubisoft one is actually mm. quite sought after, I've mm. learned since. Because I, I actually bought that copy of TMNT from the guy we previously mentioned in that pile of mm. stuff he had. Mm. Um, because I, I thought I had it again because Game Boy Advance is just ridiculous, man. I can I can keep in my head what I've got for Game Boy and Game Boy Color. Mm. But like just Game Boy Advance is like almost 900 games. It's ridiculous. And so I go to flea markets now and I am finding that I have a lot of the stuff that's yeah. around. But it's still just like every now and again, I'm like, oh, shit, do I have that? Do I not? Mm. And I, I picked it up because it was going for a, it was going for quite a bit at the time. I TMT. think, you know, my copy of it, Loose, was... Yeah. 100 kroner i yeah. bought it for uh from the shopping uh, the epic panda yeah uh this was considerably cheaper for these two games it was only 25 and you found yes. it for me and i'm very glad uh i picked it up based yes. on your recommendation because it's well, well worth uh, as i as i said i would have picked it up and just used it for trade fodder because mm. it, it is a very good game 
and oh. 25 kroner for it is an absolute steal. Yeah. Like, I've seen it go for about... I've seen it sell for about 20, 25 quid. Mm. But loose. Yeah. Oh. It, it's not as... It's not as sought after as the Castlevania double pack mm. because the Konami released both of those at the same time. Obviously, it's got Harmony Dissonance and Arrear of Sorrow on it, which are regarded as two of the best Castlevania games. Mm-hmm. I still don't bloody have those. I still no, am missing no. the Castlevania games. I don't games. think I've got any Castlevania on the Game Boy Advance. I have Circle of the Moon. I got that at mm. launch. That was the reason I got a Game Boy Advance, because I was super into Castlevania at the mm. time. I have one of the DS ones. Um, the second one, Order of... Uh, Elysia. Yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure if... No, I think that might be the third. I don't know. There's three of them. I don't have the second one, I don't think. Yeah. But yeah, anyway. But yeah, happy with that purchase. And yeah, that's everything I've been playing this week. Yeah, actually. Um, I, I, I just want to give a, a quick shout out. Uh, my buddy Fraser actually gave me a lot of games in work the other day. He was just like, oh, he goes, uh, actually, clean out a drawer. He goes, I know they're going to go to good home with you. He goes, if you don't need them, just trade them off or whatever. But I finally got the Breath of Fire games again for the Game Boy Advance. Mm. I'm really, really, really looking forward to playing Breath of Fire 2. Mm. I've not played that game ever. It's the only game in that series I've not played through and beaten. Yeah. And it was one when it came out... Uh, as I've talked about this on the podcast, right? That I've had the Breath of Fire games and I ended up selling them off. On the Super because, Nintendo. Uh, both for the Super Nintendo and for the Game Boy Advance. Oh. The first one, at least. I've got the first one for the Super Nintendo. Yeah. But... They're so kind of they're so closely connected, aren't they? Super Nintendo and the Game Boy Advance. Yes, they are. Well, I, I mean, mean a lot of those games that you associate with Super Nintendo were re-released. They were on the Game Boy Advance because they're very similar hardware. Yeah. Like um, the, the Game Boy Advance is, for all intents and purposes, better in some respects than the Super Nintendo is. Mm. But obviously, the sound stuff on the Super Nintendo is better, and some of the I think something to do with colors is better on the Super Nintendo because it's using a CRT rather than an LCD. There's comparison videos out there, like, but it Do doesn't guarantee though yeah. that if it's a port from a Super Nintendo to the Game Boy Advance, that is necessarily that direct port. Like, yeah. I know Mr. Nuts is supposed to be terrible. I, mm. There are some yeah, games some that do not make the transition very well. R Type Three, I don't think is R Type Three is not very good. But to be honest with you, the, the Super Nintendo version of that game is not great either. Okay. It's got incredible slowdown in places. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Is there a difference? Or, or can you get extra out of Game Boy Advance games if you play them through the Game Boy player? Um, or not? Yeah. Because the, these say... very crisp-sounding voice samples in Mario, uh, I can't yeah. imagine they sound as good as that on the Game Boy Advance. So maybe they do. I mean, you just heard NBA Jam. Yeah. You know, yeah, like some of those sound samples can be really good. Yeah, the Game Boy can do some amazing things, man. Like... Yeah. But it, it does a, make the point of when you play that game on the Wii U, the Game Boy Advance Mario 3, yeah. if saying Game Boy Player. Yes. It does this also on the uh, Pokemon Pinball for the Game yes, Boy Advance. Yes, Yes. And I, what what is that about? Is it saying that it has Game Boy Player additional features? That's what I want to know. Potentially, I would actually perhaps say, hey, they figured out a GameCube emulator for the Switch and it was easy for, uh, for the Wii U. It was easier for them to emulate the Game Boy hardware through the GameCube than it was to emulate the actual Game Boy hardware, would ah. be my guess. I don't know if that's true or not. That's just my my initial gut feeling. Because yeah. you can get GameCube games on the Wii U, right? GameCube games in the Wii U? No. 
I thought they were talking th- about doing that at some point. I don't, I don't think you can, can you? Maybe I'm Oops, wrong. Maybe. Well, yeah. yeah, we'll have to double check that one. Yeah, yeah. I don't <laughs> Fact know. Fact check that. I thought they. I thought they were talking. Of, there was a big thing online for a while about mm. people saying, "Oh, they're going to do GameCube virtual console games." I don't know if it ever came to anything though. Mm. Um, yeah, but an interesting note about Pokemon Pinball again is you can't turn on the rumble on playing it on a regular Game Boy. Yeah. Where can you turn on the rumble? I told if you, you on the game on the GameCube, like it would the... rumble through the controller. Oh yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah we talked about this. Yeah, we? so I guess there are features. Yes, like, yeah. there we go. Uh, yeah. uh, it's Halloween. It is Halloween. <laughs> so um, uh, we thought we'd best talk about something spooky. Spooky, uh, spooky. scary. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not going to bring up where my bar mitzvah. We were listening to that off air for about half hour. Spooky games, obligatory uh, Halloween uh, segment of the show. Yes. I played Silent Hill for the first time recently. I'd say that's pretty spooky. Yeah. Uh, how about you? Uh, <laughs> yes, I agree. Silent <laughs> oh, Hill's very spooky. We talked about it last week. Um, I've been playing some games for the Game Boy um, that aren't necessarily spooky, but have but Halloween in the title. With Halloween. Uh, Baby Felix Halloween is a game by Bit Managers. I haven't reviewed it yet, so spoilers. There'll be a review of this after probably by Wednesday, I hope. And that's a very decent platformer. It's got some aspects of the Spiro games in that it, it reminds me a bit of Prince of Persia. Mm. You, you, you mainly platform by jumping on the edge of platforms and climbing up. It's pretty nice. It's very easy. It's a very child-friendly game, as you'd imagine, because mm. it's Baby Felix. Played Halloween Racer. That wasn't very good. Uh, I don't recommend is that Is that one. like a Mario Kart type game? Yes, it is. You can mm. go watch a video of that, Tom. Yes, I'm right sorry. Right now, on Biographic. Yeah. Um, I... What I'm actually wanting to play this Halloween is Layers of Fear. Is not Layers no. of Fear. That'd be a good um, one to play. I saw yeah, I there was a game come out called Home year. Sweet Home that looked pretty interesting okay. on PS4. Yeah. Uh, I would love to play Silent Hill 2 because I keep meaning to sit down and play Silent Hill 2. Too specific. Yeah, I, I, half of me really wants to play Resident Evil 2 before that remake comes out, just so I have it fresh in my mind. Mm, that remake out isn't isn't oh, out no. for Halloween, is it? No, it's it is in January, <laughs> and I cannot bloody wait. Maybe it was, do you think it was planned to come out for Halloween? Uh, I doubt it. No. Like, Resident Evil uh, 7 came out in January as well. It's mm. probably something to do with the fiscal year launching with that no. or something. I don't know. Oh, fair enough. Um, Are there any games that you like to play at Halloween? Uh, to be honest with you, ones I, that you actually put some time aside. To, okay, every Halloween, got to play a bit of that. I don't have that with Halloween. Neither do I. No, <laughs> I, I. I don't really think that much about Halloween. To be honest no, with you, no. Me neither. Uh, I like to do a little something for you know on this podcast or uh, through Blast Process. Uh, it seems appropriate. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of playing Halloween-type games, I think the game at a push, which I would probably like to associate with Halloween, would be Gregory Horror Show. Yeah, I think that's a game. I have that played for me. It makes sense playing that, that game. At Halloween. I really love that game. Um, it's a unique game. It's got a particular vibe about it, which is just perfect for this time of year. I'd say. Yes. You could say there's many games which you could associate with Halloween, but for me personally. I think I'd, uh, I'd if I if I had the means to, I'd play some Gregory Horror Show. I really want to play, and I needed to Google the name of it because I couldn't remember because the one the one word of the title is very prominent mm. on the box, mm-hmm. and that is Echo Night Beyond. Ah, that's the one in space. Yes, for the PS2. Yes, survival horror. Yes, I'd like to play that game as well. 
Yes, I wanted to play that game for a very long time. I, I have it. I bought yeah. it. I got is it. Is it a difficult one to get hold of nowadays? It is a is very it, a expensive game, and you'd actually like, after I'd bought my copy like a week or two later, mm. you were like, "Oh, look! At, I'm looking for this game." And oh, like, and you bought one. I'd already bought it. And you've you... also got Michigan Michigan Report. I do have Report hell. from Hell. Yeah. yeah, that's also one that you could play at Halloween. I could play that at Halloween. I can also play the Fatal Frame games. I've got all of the Project Zero titles. Oh yeah, I got the Wii I U one. I should probably play played... that Wii U one. Yeah. Oh, why didn't I bring that with me? Oh, duh. Yeah. I brought a few Wii U games, but I only I bought Call of Duty Black Ops Two, Mario Kart, yeah. and Splatoon, and Zelda. I I played a bit of Zelda the other day. Yeah. Zelda can be spooky. Yeah, it can be spooky places. Yeah, yeah. Majora's Mask, particularly. That's a good Halloween costume. Yeah, it was a skull kid. Or maybe the Mask Man. Oh, yeah. The Mask Seller. I've seen that before, actually. Yeah, that'd be cool. You should do that next year. That'd be fun. It's a good one. So Halloween, we're not big Halloween guys, No, we're not. Um, No, I was actually, like, you saying that, it's just like, yeah, I've never had... I don't have that much ritual around Halloween. Is it because like we're I British, do. do you think? Maybe. I think maybe uh, if we were American, we, we would have been more exposed to Halloween. Potentially. I mean, like, yeah. we went to a Halloween party, at least, and some of the Danes... There were lots of Danes out. Like, they did a... The city that I, I live in and Tom's currently staying in on the weekend <laughs> is called Vila. Um, we've mentioned this before on the podcast, and they seem to be... They have a company who works with a lot of Danish children's television uh, called Dystopia, Mm. Uh, they worked with like Danish television networks like Ramajan for those Danes, mm. and they tend to do a lot of very elaborate costumes and stuff and workshops yeah. with kids. There's a lot like, going on scary. in Vila this weekend. Yeah, but, funnily enough, it was taken down. All the decorations were taken down today. Yeah, they were. I alluded uh, to it earlier in the, the podcast. This is the twenty eighth of. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, October. I mean, it isn't a thing here. Like, we went out, and there was, like, Halloween weekend, and they made a big deal of it. Big deal. And the then, streets packed, parades, yeah, and all no this one was, business. Yeah, but none of the Danes were dressed in Halloween costumes, and they were looking at us, like, admittedly, they, everyone was dressed as Marvel superheroes. Like, what the fuck is going on? And a pirate. Yeah, and a pirate, of course, respectfully. Yeah, don't forget. You're part of that Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe, Avengers yeah. West Coast. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Halloween's a funny holiday for me. I always used to go trick-or-treating, though. Some people are like, oh, I never used to go. Mm. When I was a kid, I had vivid memories of walking around. I never got candy and stuff, though. That was an American thing. They used to just give you coppers. So I used to, like, I used to go around all the houses and, like, I'd get given, like, five pence worth of coppers or whatever. And then by the end of it, I'd have a tenner. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, like, I would go around... Just uh, around my the it's not an estate yeah. it's just like a housing area it's like a cul-de-sac of where things were and you'd go around all the houses and by the end of it you perhaps get like five or ten pence per house yeah and it'd be okay because then you just have you have some money at the end of it I remember buying a Soundwave actually it was one of my first transform- Soundwave transformer transformer yeah for a tenner in uh, Merit oh, in thanks Talbot. to Halloween thanks to Halloween so yeah I've got some fond memories of Halloween to be fair usually I watch a scary film. Yeah, me on, too. On Halloween, and I probably night. will this year. Yeah, uh, I don't know what I'll watch this year. Um, mm-hmm. What? We watched The Hand, that one with we were talking about with, with Michael, Michael Caine, Caine the cartoonist. A... The Hand comes to life. Yeah, Seven Hand. I, I, I don't know. Probably. No man, I, I, I Evil don't Dead. Know. That's another one with Evil the Dead's hand. A good Evil one. Dead Two with yeah. the hand. Let's just make that the theme. Hands. Hands. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Chaz hands. Uh, okay, Adam's family. Adam's Thing. family. Doodledum. Yeah. But I had a great uh, Halloween party one year where um, we played Left for Dead. Yeah. I and did then, that for then, Halloween once. Yeah, then we watched uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Yeah. 
And then later we watched The Stuff. If Actually, you've ever seen you know it. a game I used to play a lot on Halloween? Yeah. And I haven't for years for obvious reasons that will become apparent. World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft has wait, wait. a lot of Halloween-themed stuff in it. And they have like event-specific things. You can get like a headless horseman mount oh, and stuff. That's kind of Yeah, cool. I, I did that for a couple of years. But that was... A long time ago, it was another life ago, Tom. We don't speak about World of Warcraft on this podcast because it's evil. <laughs> it's the devil. Never played it. Lost three summers to it. Ever. And I always regret those three summers that I could have done amazing You've got to play things. these things in moderation. <sighs> is, it, is it just... It's so involving, so no, addictive. No, it's just that I moved that... back home and like yeah. nobody I know, like everyone I knew who was like I'd hang out with who didn't have a job and a life and therefore was working in mm. in the weekdays was um was like in America or going to Australia or anything and I was always skint so I never went so you went to the and world so I of just warcraft went to the world of warcraft <laughs> for my vacation instead and I got really good at fishing in that game and by yeah. fishing I mean clicking a button and then clicking it again when it told me when to. I first moved back to the UK after leaving Denmark, I played a lot of The Sims. Yeah, because that's said. one of those sort of experiences where it's you can get really into it, get yes. very involved in it. I imagine sure. a similar way to to Warcraft. It is, yeah. There's always lots yeah. of stuff to do as well. You always feel like you're accomplishing something, though really yeah. you're accomplishing nothing. <sighs> Video games. Anyways, <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, let's wrap it up on that rather sound note. Uh, where can they find us, Tom Parry? Where can they find us? They can find us both in Denmark at the moment. Yes, <laughs> but that's not what I meant. Not geographically. Oh, yes. They can find us. Uh, you can find us on the internet. I can't do this like you. Oh, come on. You can find us at tomamatattack.com. Yes. Where you can listen to the podcast yes. there directly. You can also go to blastprocess.com where we also post the podcast. You can. If you'd like to see it there and see a nice little thumbnail made by yours Tom truly Parry. they're always a joy Thank uh you. we post the podcast on facebook and twitter you can find it in itunes yes. now that's where you can leave us a cheeky rate and subscribe thank you for staying on brand yep so please do that it does help a lot so uh, if you do like the podcast go over there give us a five-star review go yes on. we'd love cool. to see a few five-star reviews we do uh just to show you you really like it yeah um we appreciate that. And uh, Stitcher is also a place. Yeah, it's still, on is that still a place? Yeah, it's still a place. <laughs> still on Stitcher. You can hear us there if that's your preferred, your preferred uh, listening listening platform. Platform. Choice. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at TMA Cast. You can find Tom at Tom Parry Eleven and myself at Game Boyle. Yes. If you've got any burning questions you want to send to us directly, exactly. The individual. We will answer. We will be there. there for you. You know. We will not yucky, yeah. and we'll be fine. Um, what's coming out on the Blast Process channel for Halloween, Tom Parry? Okay, so, wow. Today, just today, we dropped a classic video from 2011, uh, our Halloween special, which we're still particularly proud of to this day, but the version that was on YouTube previously has got a bit corrupt for whatever reason. YouTube goes through lots of changes, yes. aspect ratios get messed up. So we re-uploaded our Mortal Kombat Nightmare on M Street crossover video, which is a fun little uh, fun little one we did. Uh, so go and check that out. Yes. It was... Uh, made uh, about the time that Freddy Krueger became available in, in that 2011 Mortal Kombat game. So uh, Freddy appears in that video. So yeah. uh, if you, you feel the mood, check that out. It's also um, going to be a, a Bruno's Boxes Halloween special. What? So Bruno's uh, going to be looking at some reaction action figures based off the Universal Monsters 
franchise. Yes, which we should share with our good friend Chris because he likes yes, Universal Monsters. Yes, if he does. Chris, who's been uh, very prominent, <laughs> prominent in this podcast. In this yes. podcast. Uh, how about you, Matthew? I've heard you've got some great things lined up. I have. Um, I'm, it'll be out by the time this podcast comes out. Oh my God, I can finally talk about it. Um, so I was doing some Halloween games, as you know. Uh, uh, Halloween I did, Racer. I did Halloween I Racer. I need to watch. <laughs> I did uh, a video on Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, and I'm going to do one on Baby oh, Felix. Yeah. However, uh, during the process of doing that episode on Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, uh, Dan Filner, the guy who developed, well, he's, he was the programmer, lead programmer on that game, made the engine that they used for the other Game Boy uh, Equilibrium games uh, like The Flash and Swamp Thing. And I asked him, oh, is there any other games developed in this engine? He goes, oh, well, actually, we were working on a game called Rap Quest, which was going to be a vanilla ice game. And I lost my shit. I was like, Stop. no way. Collaborate and listen. To what Matt's about to say. Oh, come on. You're stealing my jokes. <laughs> well, actually, you're just stealing the wisdom of the rice. Um, but no, I, so I was like, oh my God, this this exists. And I tried searching for it online. I talked with a few people I know who are heavily, heavily involved in the scene of um, unreleased games. People who have prototype cartridges and for reasons that are their own are not releasing those games. Sorry. It's not nothing to do with me. Um, but... I asked, say, hey, is is this a known thing? And it it seems like no, but I did manage to get a copy. Um, and so I've spent the last three weeks uh, delving into the life of Vanilla Ice and doing all my research and trying to reach out to people on the credits to this game to see what I could find out about. Uh, unfortunately, like a lot of those people didn't get back to me, but those who did, uh, like Dal Filner, were, were very helpful. Um, mm. So big thank you to him. And yeah, I can finally share that with the world. Like you've played a bit of it. Um, oh yeah, it's a pretty fun game. It's a unique game, actually. Yeah, yeah. it's got a lot of style about yes. it, and it's quite obviously a Vanilla Ice game, even yes. though, of course, of its uh, re- yeah. more generic rebranding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some of the moves uh, your, your your character can pull off are very Vanilla very, Ice. Very ice. Yeah, but you can find yeah. out all about that in the video that will yeah. be on YouTube. I'll also post a like a long play of it. It'll be very methodical. It's not the most streamlined playthroughs because I'm literally playing that game for the first time and I'm probably the first person to play that mm. game in about 20 years. So I'm just going through it and literally flipping everything I can to see what happens and I'm mm. going to post all that footage up so people can see it because I'm not allowed to release the ROM, unfortunately. Mm. You haven't talked at all about how much you've been playing Moon, Moonwalker oh, recently, man. have you? I, I touched on it a little bit next week, but we can really get into it next <laughs> week. I fucking... Moonwalker's so good! It's so good! Here we go. Ah, yeah, I'll talk about it a little bit in that video, Mm, but yeah, mm. you can see that on the YouTube channel. As I said, there there should be also a Baby Felix video going up before Halloween. I'm going to do another video for next weekend, but I'm also moving house, so there might even not be a podcast, let's see. Yeah, I I won't be here, so so there probably won't be a podcast, because I have no no means to upload it. It's not that I'm I'm, I'm returning to the UK yet, I'm I'm away uh, that weekend. Yes, anyway... Let's wrap it up then. Um, <laughs> wrap it up, did yes, you just say? Yes, I did use the joke you told me to use on the video, but didn't. Ha, 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 ha. Anyways, um, yeah, find us in those places. Go check out that other great content from Tom and Matthew uh, and Bruno, obviously, uh, mm-hmm. doing experience boxes. And yeah, until next week, uh, as I said at the end of that video, Tom Parry, after a one and a two and a three, word to your mother. Oh, yes. <laughs> Game on. Game on. <laughs> <laughs>